How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live once again in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. This is your host, Thomas Penland. I'm coming to y'all uh, February 1st, 2018, day before, the, or t- I guess it's Friday, so it's two days before the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Huge game. I've got the same guest on with me. It's been on the last two episodes, Brett Baker. Brett, say what's up to the people. What's up, you guys? Uh, this is a big episode, probably the biggest one that I've been on. You get to bet with Brett, but first, you got to listen to our little bit of a preview on the Super Bowl, the biggest game of the year, and... We got a lot of good stuff for you guys today. I'm going to let Thomas continue on with his little preview, and we'll get on it in just a bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Before we get going, guys, follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Follow me on Instagram at TP3 underscore NBA underscore bets. Um, currently, I believe, 8-1 and yeah, eight and one on picking games straight up for this for the um, NFL playoffs. And, I mean, 9-1 and one picking straight up games on the NFL playoffs, and I am believe uh eight and two on yeah eight and two on spread so or no, the, real, the real question is or seven yeah. and three on spread so did you, did you get the pro bowl right <laughs> yeah. did you bet on the pro <laughs> no but i would hey but i leaned in i took a afc on streak for the cash though so i mean mm. if that counts mm. for anything there we go so seven and three against the spread uh eight and or nine and one against or straight up so looking pretty good so far guys i know what i'm doing but i mean let's just let's just talk about the game man i mean what do you what do you think the key is in order? For, what do you think the keys to the game are? Oh, for for what? I know we talked about it briefly uh, last episode, but I think the main key for both teams really is the trenches, man. Whoever wins the game between the trenches is going to win the game overall. Because I mean, Patriots' offensive line has been playing about as good as any offensive line we've seen in the playoffs, and. All the playmakers on defense, really, for for the most part, for the Rams, are on that defensive line with Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald. I mean, what did J- Ibu Cam, Ibu and the great words of Jason Witten? Yeah. Yeah. All of them are playmakers. It just depends on what type of plays they are making, who's making the plays, and... As far as I'm concerned, I think the Patriots are going to still be pretty successful on the ground. Um, it just depends on putting pressure on Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, they've run the ball a ton in these games in the first half. Michelle has over 30 carries in the first half from both games combined. I mean, he's just been toting the rock play after play after play. That's what New England wants to do is run the ball. I'll get into a little bit of how how much I think that running the ball will play a factor into the beginning of the game a little bit later on. Um, both these teams, though, guys, like you said, I mean, they're going to try to run the ball. Both teams have big offensive lines. They're going to try to run behind. They're going to try to protect their quarterbacks. Pressuring the quarterbacks going to be a huge thing in this game. Uh, I think another big thing, too, is, I mean, just the coach matchup like oh, yeah. Nick Vay versus Belichick I mean you have probably the best defensive head coach and the best offensive head coach going up against each other McVay is kind of the young Belichick the young coach that knows everything knows what he's doing so I mean that's gonna be another interesting standpoint there I bet you we're gonna hear him plenty of times talking about how young Sean McVay is mm-hmm. how old Belichick is and you know all that good stuff so I'm really excited just for this game in general. I just feel like it's a fun matchup. Like, you don't want to really see the Patriots get to go up against a team like this. I mean, the Rams, like, most people think they shouldn't even be here. Like, mm-hmm. they should have lost that game to the Saints. But, I mean, hey, man, they're here. They're here. And they're going to make the and most of it. I mean, if you didn't see that, Drew Brees was actually in Atlanta today making mm-hmm. his pick. Looked absolutely miserable. Like, I'm talking like he looked like a dead body that was talking. But he did talk a little bit about the play call. And he really honestly... From as far as I saw, like he was one of the only Saints that took responsibility and actually took the accountability and said, "Hey, 
we had a chance after that play, before and after that play, we had chances mm-hmm. and we didn't take them. And that's that's what it is. I mean, the play sucks, but I mean, they had their chances. We've talked about that as much as we could. But another thing for the Rams, I think. Yeah, well, also the, the only reason why he's even in Atlanta is because NFL honors is yeah. here. I mean, that kind of yeah. sucks that yeah. he had. So the first one I saw him, when I knew that he no, was he coming to town, I was about to be like, wait, why is he here? I was like, oh, yeah, NFL honors, everybody, because he's up for MVP. So, but Which what he's about not going to win. Yeah, he's not going to win. But I will say the, the Rams, all right, so the Rams, obviously, this is going to sound really stupid up front, but this is an offense versus defense matchup in terms of Rams versus Patriots because Bill Belichick is one of the greatest defensive-minded coaches of all time in college or NFL. And Sean McVay is obviously one of the greatest minds in college football as far as offensive you know, specialty plays. You know, talking about end-arounds, I'm almost positive that the Rams ran more end-arounds than anybody in the league, and they also ran the play action more than anybody else. I think... Belichick will definitely have something up his sleeve to control the play actions, but as far as the end arounds, uh, it just depends on you know the match. The coaching matchup is so like this is probably the first Super Bowl that you've had a true coaches matchup. It's like mm-hmm. a dream for coaches. Like co- I, don't know, like I thought last coaching. year was too. Last year was a good one too. Yeah, I mean Peterson. I mean he's a lot like McVay in terms of being just like you know uncharacteristic of NFL offenses like you have a lot of you know the Philly special things of that nature mm-hmm. so I definitely think we're going to see some weird things in this game uh, I think we'll get on the topic of prop bets later on but oh yeah for sure I mean you got you got to you position know player throwing a touchdown <laughs> you never know with Julian Edelman out there you got you got a lot of stuff going on there so we'll oh see. yeah I mean yeah I mean you could even see uh, the punter Johnny Hecker throwing a touchdown God, or right I, the leg. I didn't think yeah. about that yeah I mean I'm pretty sure Hecker played quarterback, quarterback yeah up, he's so. like they're, they're, I read an article about how he's like their special weapon their secret mm-hmm, weapon that's what I'm saying dude like Hecker's a beast man alright I know we said we we're gonna wait till a little bit later but let's go ahead and do it who are you picking to win this game and why straight up for in terms of just straight up win the game yeah I'm not talking bets no, no. I mean, give me, give me both. Your spread and straight up, if you got. I think so. The spread is tight. I'm pretty sure. Last time I checked it, it was like what, one point five, one and a half points, two and two and a half, two and a half points. Now, I think it's gonna. I think the spread's gonna hit. I think it's gonna be a game determined by you know. I mean, if unless it's a game winning field goal, I still think it's gonna be you know within a point or two. Uh, let's face it, the Patriots and their wins in Super Bowls, they've won by a total of 19 points, and. As far as this Super Bowl, I don't think it's going to be any different. Um, I do think that the Patriots will win this game. Um, it's just a matter of not wanting to bet against Tom Brady. I like would never, ever want to say that Tom Brady is going to lose a football game. I mean, he's proved us wrong time and time again. Yes, the Philly or the Philadelphia Eagles beat him last year, but I don't think... What are the stats on Tom Brady losing two in a row in the Super Bowl? Uh, he's never lost Super Bowl two years in a row. Two years in a row? He's yeah. never lost it? Yeah. I just, I'm going to have to go with the Patriots. They're more experienced in terms of, you know, just all out. I mean, you got Gronk, you got Julian Edelman, you got James White, all making, and of course, Tom Brady, all making big plays in Super Bowl games. I don't, I think that, don't get me wrong, I think the Rams do win one in the coming years, but I think this is a big year for the Rams to kind of develop their young talent and get a little bit of experience before they actually start making their run. Hell, who knows? I mean, they could become a good dynasty just like the Patriots, but I don't think this is a year. 
Um, you know, I'm going in a different direction as you. So I think the Rams at plus two and a half will cover, and I think they win this game outright. Mm. Look, I get that New England Tom Brady, he's never lost back-to-back Super Bowls. He might be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. That's still up for debate in my opinion. Look, when it comes down to me is the Rams. This Rams defense is really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. They gave up a lot of points talented. this season, they're, but they have shown. Yeah. yeah, they're very talented. talented. They're a lot better when they have Aqib Talib in there. Mm-hmm. The numbers show it. They play better as of late this season. Like, I thought they stepped up so much in the Dallas game. I mean, they've stepped up time and time out in the playoffs. I mean, they even shut. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Sorry, sorry, Brad, but they, they stepped up in the that, Dallas man. game. They stepped up huge in that Saints game. I mean, this team has been, they really looked like they had kind of peaked, and then they went down that slope. But I feel like they're going back up again. Just to mean you could make the same argument that New England, I mean, didn't. You never thought they were going to win the AFC until the last game. But my big thing here is teams with over 200 pressures or 2-0 against the Patriots in the Super yes. Bowl, that would be the the Eagles, and that would be the Giants. So there's 2-0 right there. McVay to me, he's a lot like Doug Peterson, a lot like him. So Doug Peterson, he's a great offensive coordinator. He likes to take a lot of risks, like the Philly special. McVay with with a hecker thrown for that first down against the Saints. I mean, shit, he had that first down against the Saints in the preseason mm-hmm. game. I mean, if he, he definitely, or not in the preseason, the regular season yeah. game. He ran for that. I mean, that, the referees need some glasses if they don't think he got that. I mean, that was definitely a first. Referees definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was watching, I was like, shoot. I picked the Saints to win that game. I was like, shoot, he definitely got that. That might Obviously. be the turning point. Obviously, and, the refs need some glasses in the Saints-Rams games. Yeah, yeah. That's, both both games have kind of been won and lost on a bad call, and it's gone both ways for both I teams. do have a couple of rebuttals for all that. Hey, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Let First me, of all— Wait, let me, let me finish okay, up. Go real, ahead. Yeah, let me finish up real quick here for my reasoning. So, wow. I, I like it. I like it. This is good. This is good. This is what we need. Um, the Rams have been quiet all week long. They haven't really been talking. Obviously, Roby Coleman had a couple com- had a couple comments. He went back on them. Aaron Donald, all of them. You know, they were even saying it today on SportsCenter. Everybody's been kind of quiet from the Rams camp. Like that's not what you expect from a Super Bowl. McVay. Usually, there's people like the Eagles team coming out there in this mm-hmm. stupid dog mask. Oh, we're the underdogs. I mean, if anything, the Patriots have been talking. Look, they're trying to have fun with it, like they haven't been able to in the past. But they've been having more fun. Sean McVay's gonna have something up his sleeve. We've Definitely seen it from him time in, time out. Um, the pay, the Rams are the best team in the NFL at defending the slot. That means Roby Coleman's going to come in big in this game, although I don't know if they're going to be targeting him for those PIs. He might have a little something on his back. My other big, big thing here that I'm going to say to people is, Look, people are saying, does it matter if Todd Gurley's injured or if he, or not, if he's going to be a big factor in the game? Look, I don't think it matters. I don't think what it have matters. we learned? The Eagles were able to replace their injured players last year in the Super Bowl. The Rams are going to do the same thing with C.J. Anderson. He actually has the biggest, the most rush yards in a game this season by one single player on the Rams team is by C.J. Anderson, not Todd Gurley. Yeah. Interesting stat for you there. Um, that's what I'm going to say there. What do you, I mean, what, what's your rebuttal here, First Brad? of all, my rebuttal on all that is... Uh-huh. Cowboys dig completely unnecessary. <laughs> Two, you did you did bring up the good point that Tom Brady has I, don't, I wouldn't say struggled but has lost Super Bowls in which he's pressured. Mm-hmm. However, coming from the Kansas City Chiefs, they had one of the best, most successful pass rushers coming into that game. They had been really like they had gotten better every game as far as pass rushing goes, and the Patriots completely, completely like dismantled their pass rush. I mean, it wasn't even Mm -hmm. a thing for the Chiefs. And I think that while I don't think that they have quite as little amount of success as the Chiefs had, I do think that the Patriots are going to find a way to at least limit Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and Ibu Cam, everybody on that line. I think Dante Fowler. Yeah, Dante Fowler. You always forget about Dante Fowler Mm -hmm. Fowler as a midseason acquisition. But I think the Patriots find a way to... uh, 
kind of like work with their packages. I mean, they're probably better than anybody else at working with their packages and working with their personnel in terms of getting, you know, help on the quarterback's end. So I think that the Patriots know what they're getting into. And I think the Patriots probably know that stat as far as like they lose games when the quarterback gets pressured. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's one of the oldest rules in football. So I think that uh, with Tom Brady, uh, it's different with a lot of quarterbacks, you know, because they're just obviously not as experienced as Tom Brady. I'd like to read off some averages in his last four Super Bowls. Averaging 36 completions, 433 yards, and three touchdowns a game in the last four Super Bowls that he's appeared. Actually, last three Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt that it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just don't think you can take Aaron Donald out of the game. I think, yeah, I think, well, that's what I was going to say. I think the best way for us to kind of uh, mediate between our two opposing opinions right here, I think that the game might come down to, you know, that key defensive play, that key defensive turnover, something like that, because both teams are going to score. I'm getting that feeling. I'm. I don't necessarily want to say that it's going to be a shootout because I've been proven wrong about this in the past. Just because the Super Bowl is weird, it's you know, it's yeah, it's wonky. But at the same time, I feel like that defensive play, that defensive key play, might be the big outcome changer for both teams. I agree with you on that. I think that the Rams have the defensive players to make that stop. I feel like Aaron Donald, you know, all season long, I was like, look, you went out, you spent it all. I mean, not Aaron Donald, Dominican Sue. I'm like, look, yeah. you went out, spent all this money on Dominican Sue. When have we heard his name called? His name was called plenty of times in those last two playoff games. He had um, a lot of good, like, he had a lot of smart plays. Yeah, exactly. And they got the ball hawking corners and Peters and Tlaib. I think those guys can maybe th- get interception. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the Patriots completely frustrated Kansas City. They took away everything they're good at. And they still almost lost that game. Brady yeah. did not look that sh- I mean, Brady played well passing the ball, but still, he threw interceptions. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he should have had one that cost him the game. If D. Ford knew how to uh, – I can't – I don't even want to talk about it. It makes me that annoyed just thinking about it. D. Ford learned how to line up. But, I mean, they could have <laughs> lost the game right there. If you think about it, they they shut Kansas City out in the first half and still could have lost this game. Yeah. Kansas City's defense, to me, is not that great. Obviously, the they're sh- at home. The shutout was better. The shutout was unbelievable. Yeah. And I will say, like, obviously that D Ford situation was horrible for the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. in terms of just like that's your biggest moment of your season, and you, you kind of lose on that play. Yeah. But at the same time, the Patriots should have been up by three scores at least coming into halftime. But Tom Brady also threw that pick, kind of yeah, and the end zone gave them life in the end zone on like the one yard line. So yeah, that's my argument. I just feel like Tom Brady hasn't played as well, and it took yeah. everything he had to beat Kansas City in a game where they dominated in the whole first half. Yeah. I mean, Kansas City scored 24 points in the fourth uh-huh. quarter. Jared Goff played a game in New Orleans where he could literally not hear anything. Part of the ceiling fell. It was so loud in yeah. there. I mean, Jared Goff couldn't hear anything, and he still kept control of the team. You even hear Andrew Whitworth, the guy who's played in there, who's played in the NFL for years. He even it's said, he said, Jared Goff is yeah. Not like a very vocal leader, but he said Jared Goff came in the huddle and said, listen, everybody pay attention. A couple F-bombs in there. I'm not going to go completely on what he said. Basically, he said, everybody listen. We're going to get this win. Let's go down the field. Let's do it. Everybody listen to me. Let's do it. And that's what I think it is. Yeah, I really do like Jared Goff, though. I think he's Mm – that's what I said. I think that the Rams have all the pieces for like a future dynasty. But as of right now, I'm not exactly sold completely on, you know, the Rams, you know, actually winning their first mm-hmm. appearance. Uh, honestly, I don't even mind if they prove me wrong. Don't really have a dog in the fight for the Super Bowl, so I'm more so a fan of the game. But I do have a dog in the fight for betting purposes. 
So, but wait, before we get into our bets, real quick, what do you say over? So you took, so you, so you took Patriots straight up Rams spread, and then what do you think for over under? What is the over under right now exactly? Fifty six. Okay, fifty six. Oh, I'm gonna go with over, just by maybe like a point, a point or two, like a handful of points, maybe. I don't think. I think it's gonna mainly come down to. Um, I think like. Just the end of the game always, obviously, mm-hmm. pop over the over. But in the Super Bowl, like you have like, like the fourth quarter for the Patriots Falcons game, yeah. or the fourth quarter for the Patriots Eagles games, they were just like scoring at will because that's when it's all on the line. That's when you see offensive like offenses really like, well, this is it. Yeah. So I think that we'll I'm, get like 21-21 at third quarter and then I think it just pops over. I'm going over as well, but different reasoning here. My reasoning is look at all these teams who came off bye weeks in the playoffs. Every single one good of point. them put up tons of Very points except point. for New Orleans, but my argument would be Drew Brees didn't even look like the same player since yeah. that Dallas game. There's something good for your Cowboys right there. We messed them um, up in the head. Actually, you know what? We exposed their lack of true receivers. <laughs> that hey, it could be that too. But I feel like it's going to be that. And I mean, look at last Super Bowl and the Super Bowl before that. You give these offenses, it's an offensive game now. You give them two weeks to prepare. I think they'll be better off with the offenses. I'm taking the points in this game. I'm going, I mean, I'm yep. going over the point total in this game. I feel like it's going to be a high scoring game. They're both going to run it up. But let's get into the props here, man. I mean, this is kind of where we're going to where we'll talk about what right. players we think will dominate, some funny props that don't, that don't even have anything to do with stuff that happens on the field. What do you, how do you, how you want to start it? You want to go um, MVP picks first? Yeah, let's go MVP picks first. I'll start off with I, this. Let's do this. Let's make it fun. All right. MVP picks outside of the quarterback. Oh, I don't have that's a quarterback easy. for MVP. That's easy. That's too easy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's too easy to pick Tom Brady or Jared Goff. Yeah, I don't think either of them is going to win MVP. I don't think. Well, they might just give it to Tom Brady out of being 42. But, I mean. True. We'll I'm, see. I mean, if New England wins, it's either going to be Brady or Michelle. So, I mean, who, who do you have as MVP? So... I would say that my MVP, I agree with you in the Michelle. I think Michelle continues his, what I mean, his dominance. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. his complete dominance in the playoffs. Uh, I think he continues that. But my dark horse candidate, Rex Burkhead. I feel like he could have a. I feel like he could be a big difference maker. Punching on the he goal was, line, and he was. If you don't recall, in the Chiefs game, Sony Michelle was struggling to push it in at inside the ten, mm-hmm. right there. Rex Burkhead, no issues whatsoever. And he got a lot of reps on passing downs in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I think this game is going to be a lot of passing. It's probably, I'd say, both quarterbacks get over 40 attempts easily. Maybe. I think it'll be more of a... I mean, I 30 think, to 40, I, I think it'll be spread, but I think both teams like to run the ball more. Yeah, the they do, but I think, around running. I think it's just going to be a large play count. For both teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean it'll, I it'll be a lot be, of yeah, offense. I think it's going to be balanced, but yeah. Yeah, Brady will probably throw the ball more than Goff just because Brady likes his little underneath dump-off yeah. passes. So, I mean, and Rex Burkett is great for that. But Oh, yeah, it's James White, too. They can't count out James White yet. Yeah. So, for my MVPs, I went with two long-shot players. I went C.J. Anderson for MVP. I really don't – as much as I want to say Todd Gurley's going to be healthy and able to run the ball, like I said, I don't really know if it matters. I feel like C.J. Anderson's been toting the rock so mm-hmm. well for them. I mean, outside of the New Orleans game, New Orleans is the best run defense 
defense in the NFL. He ran for over 120 yards in those other games. Absolutely tore defenses up. I think C.J. Anderson's going to get it going early and often. I think he's the X factor in this game. If C.J. Anderson's able to carry the ball and you can just use Todd Gurley some and more, you know what I mean? You can rest mm-hmm. him yeah. and make him more effective. I really think that's where this, I, I think that's huge in the game. And then I have Aaron Donald too. I feel like if he's able to get to Brady, maybe get a strip sack, maybe just get a couple sacks, get a couple tackles for loss. I mean, the Patriots have barely, I think they were, num- yeah, they're number one in the NFL on like runs for loss. So what I'm saying is like they ran, they had the least negative rushing mm-hmm. plays in the NFL. If Aaron Donald can disrupt some run plays, bring him for negative gains, I mean, I really think Aaron Donald could win the MVP. And odds are good on both those. Anderson's the, at plus 2,200. Yeah. Donald's at plus 14, so 100. So, I mean, it's a great payday right there. Hey, Rex Burkhead, uh-huh. as an X Factor, plus 8,000. Wow. On winning the MVP. That's, so. that's, yeah, that's pretty – that's what you want right there. I mean – it's a dark horse, obviously, which, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you can put a small amount and get a nice little payout if he actually does it, so. Exactly. All we'll right, see. give me your uh, give me your lock player prop, your best. My lock player prop, does that have to, can it be a coach? Can it be a commentator? Uh, you can give me that in a minute, like a, like okay, play, lock, like, like like a player, lock. like yardage, touchdown, score, anything like I that. I think the lock for me is going to be Tom Brady over 300 yards. Um, I mean... I think I'd have to let me it's on give me one second. Yeah, while well, you're looking that up real quick, again give you mind CJ Anderson over 43 and a half yards rushing like I said. CJ Anderson been tearing teams up on the ground. I really think he's going to come out and ball out here in the Super Bowl. I know it's kind of absurd that I'm picking CJ Anderson or Donald to win MVP, but I really believe it, man. I'm all bought in on this Rams team and how they've replaced stuff next man up mentality. I yeah. think CJ has his day. Yeah, and so Tom Brady's was over under 300.5. So he has to throw for 301. The over is the money line right there is um, under 140. So it's 140 down. Minus 140. So, yeah. yeah one, so, I mean, the thing with Tom Brady is look, regardless of what anybody says, regardless of what you think these players are, they're nervous. I mean, some of these young players are nervous. Mm-hmm. It's the Super Bowl. There's one person on that field that is not nervous. It's the dude that's been playing Super Bowls like it's his regular season for most of his career. So it's uh, I think Tom Brady just is going to get to that 300 yard mark. Um, I mean, I told you the averages earlier, averaging well over 300 yards over the last three Super Bowls. I think it's I think it's a no brainer to throw money on there. Um, just my opinion, but what can I say? Tom Brady's a go, man. Yeah, no, I, I I like that for sure. Uh, I think I think that could hit easily. Like I said, it's gonna be a big passing game. I also so my other, I actually let's just let's just get into it. I right, we'll just switch off prop for prop from now on. All right, so age gap. I think that mentioned it's at minus two forty five right now. The age gap between Goff and Brady mentioned it has to be the specific age gap. I think that will be mentioned. I feel like that's the How perfect. Many, what's the over under? No, it's just minus two forty five. Is, okay. is the is the if it okay. happens? I don't okay. know what this other side of it is, but age gap between Brady and Goff mentioned minus two forty five. I feel like that's the perfect talking point for them. It has. I feel like that definitely, definitely gets mentioned. Definitely. What do you? What else you got? Um. So my big one is over under one and a half times mentioned. The they have to mention him by age thirty three. Sean McVay. Sean McVay. I have that on my. I mean, too. you've got over, to be kidding me. Over and it was. 
well, well over yeah, two it was times. Just his birthday, it was his birthday like last, last week. week. Exactly. He's playing a quarterback that's ten years older than him. Mm-hmm. There's no way they do not mention that at least two times uh, for sure. And I think it was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a great money line, but it was negative one ninety, I believe, when I placed Shit, the bet. I'd still hit it. I mean, by God, you've got to be kidding me. There's yeah. no way. There's no way that a Super Bowl coach that is the youngest Super Bowl coach in the history of the NFL. There's no way they don't mention it at least three times. I bet you get at least four graphics that they say he's 33 years old. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. That'll definitely be listed. Um, I've got Todd. I've got Todd Gurley as an anytime score at minus 140. I think that he scores a touchdown in this game. I know I said C.J. Anderson's going to dominate. I mean, Todd Gurley's ran the ball like four times against the Saints and still scored a touchdown. I think he punches one in easily in this game. Like I said, I think the Rams will do a lot of damage on the ground, as do the Patriots, which is weird because I'm taking the over. But I'm telling you, man, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored. What else you got on there? See here. Um, as far as we, we want to stick with football-based props, or are we just gonna move forward? I think the funnest one. Yeah, just get, give me whatever right, you want. You know what? Let's do it. Over under seven and a half plays, correctly predicted by my man Tony Romo, the MVP off-field MVP. What do you think? I, I say seven over. and a half is a lot. I mean, you got to get eight plays correctly predicted uh, in a Super Bowl with Sean McVay, which is. Tony Romo's genius. He can point anything it's out. It's very hard, though, to get Sean McVay. But I will say, um, I mean, Wade Phillips said it best. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to find a way to put Tony Romo in my headset so I know what's going to happen before it happens. So I'm going to definitely go. I think I'm going to go over. I mean, might as well, right? Yeah, I lo- no, I like that. I like that for sure that he's definitely going to go over on that. Um, let's see what else good ones I got on here. Uh, I got the first play as a run play, like I said, minus one twenty. I think both teams are gonna try to run the ball a lot in this game, so I like that one. I mean, what what else? What do you, what else you got on there? I also have uh, how many New England players will have a reception? Plus one twenty for under seven, negative one sixty for over seven. I mean, let's count them out. I mean, you got Burkhead, James White, Rob Gronkowski. Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan. I mean, Sonny Michelle's probably going to get a dump off every once in a while. And your seven is going to be fullback. Can't think of his name right now. He's caught Devlin. a couple. Yeah, Devlin. He's caught a couple passes. I mean, uh, Phil Dorsett. Dorsett he's got scores touchdowns. Cordell Let's Patterson. Go. Cordell Patterson likes to run the ball, but I don't know, man. I, I, if you are uh, feeling that that one's one that could go either way, I feel like because the Patriots are kind of weird with their spreading it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I will say that if you're wanting to go with a safer pick, go over seven. But if you want a nice little payout, go under seven. You, it's going to be a stressful bet. I will say that much because Tom Brady probably gets to five before the first quarter's over, mm-hmm. and then at that point, it's whether or not. You know, Philip Dorsett or Devlin touches the ball. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you there on that one. Last one I got on my sheet, I've got either Todd Gurley or C.J. Anderson as the game's first touchdown score at plus – Todd Gurley's at plus uh, 5,500 – or at plus 550, C.J. Anderson at plus 650. So, I think – Not bad payouts at all. Yeah, I think one of them two or Sonny Michelle is the game's first touchdown score is good bets. Also, Rex Burkhead, I think the first touchdown of the game will be on the ground. So, I'd say if you're looking to bet on that, I'd take any of those. 
seemed like the Patriots were kind of saving Rex Burkhead for the fourth quarter last year. Mm-hmm. Or last, not last Yeah, year. they last ran him so game. much. He ran the game-winning touchdown, like you said. Um, I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything. Everything we could, yeah. Anything for else sure. you want to talk about for the game? Any other point, points or era? And... Um, I think the only thing that I missed on our initial discussion of it was I think that the key to the Patriots mm-hmm. game, which obviously – plays on their offensive line, I think the key to the Patriots is controlling that time of clock, time of possession. Yeah. Controlling that clock is what has won them a lot of games. Uh, let's, I mean, one of the Chiefs game, uh, they had pretty much a full quarter in the first half before, you know, six minutes was left in the second quarter. So I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to say that if they control the clock, they'll win, but it's a Super Bowl, so you never really do know. Yeah, um, my last point I want to make real quick is I know most people go by the, oh, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick's going to take away this player. They're going to take away that player. They're going to take away this. I mean, y'all forget Sean McVay is the best like minded offensive coach probably in the NFL. And they got Wade Phillips, their defensive coordinator, who's been there before. He's done it before. He's had tons of experience. I really think that they're going to do a good job of taking things away from Brady and the Patriots are going to take things away from them. But I think McVay and Daniels will already have things schemed up to replace these. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. And to say that Belichick's going to take away Aaron Donald is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, okay, you might take away Aaron Donald. Sue's still going to eat too, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think that it's going to be a good game. I'm, I, I can't wait to watch. It's going to be fun to watch, but... I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great one. Yeah, that's, a, that's all we got to say on that game. So, I mean, y'all y'all look out for it. Out for it. Y'all look out for it. Tom Brady picks. won't give us a bad game, to yeah. be honest. Let's, let's It'll go. be drama No, fun. it's definitely going to be a good game. I got the Rams in a tight one, though. My final score prediction is 38-34. Rams before we okay, move on here. Do. What's your final score prediction? All right. Um, I'm going to say, whew, I'm going to say uh, 42-35. Wow. That's crazy. Hey, that'll like be it. fun to watch, though. I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, dude, it just seems like every time the Patriots get into one of these games with those mm-hmm. young, high, or those young, like, like, big time teams that are, like, up and coming, I feel like it just goes the distance and it goes into like the 40s at least. I mean, the Patriots almost got there with the Chiefs and they scored zero, zero points yeah. in the first half. So I don't think that Sean McVay will be a victim of a zero point first half. So I think it'll have a little bit difference on the out or different maker or difference maker on the outcome. So I'm gonna go with a high one. So I like it. I like it. All right, let's move here now to the NBA All-Star Game. All right, so they named the All-Star Reserves. We already have the starters, so here are your reserves, and then we'll talk after about the snubs. So Nikola Jokic, that's his first um, it's his first time getting on the team, well-deserved. Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, Damian Lillard, Klay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, his first one as well, and Russell Westbrook. These are your Western Conference starters. Obviously, they have to do the draft because we have the captains, Giannis mm-hmm. and LeBron, will pick. For the Eastern Conference Reserves were Ben Simmons, Brad Beal, Chris Middleton, Vucevic, Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, and Victor Oladipo. Oladipo was replaced today by D'Angelo Russell, who I was outraged didn't make the team to begin with. But let's look here now at the players who got snubs. So the names who've been going around as snubs. It was D'Angelo Russell, but obviously he got yeah, he named. Got back in. So Rudy Gobert, Luka Doncic, um, Tobias Harris, Devin Booker, um, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum. Out of all these guys, who do you think actually deserve to be on the team that I just named? And yeah, actually, I said Rudy. Gobert. I, I'm gonna mark out. I'm gonna mark out Tatum, and I'm gonna mark out Jimmy Butler. Uh, I feel like Jimmy Butler has kind of been too inconsistent with his off the field mm-hmm. or off the court issues. So it's kind of like 
Well, at times he shows all-star all star play, but also at times even on the court he struggles a little bit. But mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say that Rudy Gobert is a snub for me because, look, in an NBA nowadays that is so focused on offensive scoring, I mean, it's it's so focused on offense that you really t- – like you, you see defensive players getting – forgot about and Rudy Gobert makes such an impact on the floor when he's out there defensively that I think that it's kind of a it's kind of a travesty that he hasn't got any type of uh you know all-star accolades in his career for I mean he doesn't do anything wrong on a court necessarily and maybe has some scoring some scoring issues every once in a while, some offensive issues. But, I mean, he plays great defense, and he's a great rim protector, probably one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And his just consistency on the defensive side of the court, I feel like, does need to be rewarded, and I feel like he definitely got snubbed. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't think Jimmy Butler deserved to be on the All-Star team, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not been having a great season this year. Let me pull up Jimmy Butler's stats. I just feel like that him getting traded, I mean, I feel like he really hasn't found his mojo that much. So, last night in a game they won against Golden State, he had seven points. He didn't even play in the big home win against the Spurs. He didn't play against the huge blowout win against the Rockets. Uh, he's only averaging 19.3 points per game, which, I mean, for Jimmy Butler, that's not great considering the fact that he's averaged over 20 for the last five seasons of his career, actually 18.6 points per game. So that's averaged in with his Minnesota. That gives you the 19. So Jimmy Butler really hasn't been playing like the Jimmy Butler that we know and think that he can be. I'm kind of disappointed in his play so far this season. That's why I don't think that he deserved to be on the All-Star team. Personally, I think they got these teams right. The only thing that I would have differently, so I had Cat and Devin Booker on my All Star roster yeah. for the Western Conference. Obviously, I said that Cat should be. I said that. I mean, I can understand Aldridge be on there. The Spurs are winning games. Mm-hmm. He deserves to be on the team. I don't think Luka Doncic deserves to be on there. I mean, he's played well, but Devin Booker's stats right now are off the charts. I think he definitely deserved over Cat. Let's be honest. The Timberwolves and the Suns are both garbage teams, but Devin Booker deserves to be named the team. I mean, when he plays, the Suns are so much better. They keep games a lot closer. On top of that, he's averaging 24.8 points per game, um, 6.7 assists per game. So, I mean, we've seen a spike in both those. He's Mm -hmm. playing much better than he did last season. Last season... He was only averaging 4.7 assists per game, so he's definitely gone up a lot there. I mean, D-Book's the truth, man. He's been getting buckets lately. I feel like that he deserves to be on the team and not Carl Anthony Towns. And another another thing with Carl Anthony Towns is um, for as big as he is, back to the Rudy Gobert thing, he doesn't play as good of defense as you would hope he would. And I think it's kind of being brushed under the rug that defense is a thing in the NBA. It's mm-hmm. kind of annoying to me. Another player that I saw that... Wait, you said Carl Anthony Townsend plays good defense as Gobert? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, For yeah, saying, yeah. I thought you said the other way around. I was no, 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 no. No, hell no. Um, yeah. Another another player that... And also, Towns got absolutely shut down by Capella in that yeah. playoff series. Yeah, like, for sure. Capella literally shut him down. And <coughs> he's kind of gotten bullied by some of the premier big men mm-hmm. in the league. Also, another, another guard from the Western Conference, since we want to talk about how Luka didn't make it, obviously, the Western Conference plays into that for Luca because he's in the best conference in basketball and it's a guard heavy conference. But another player that kind of gotten snubbed that has been there in the past is DeMar DeRozan, 22, averaging 22, 6 and 6 on, you know, a Spurs team that he just got traded to. He's a new system and 
I think that he hasn't got enough credit for doing what he's done over there. And although I do understand because of the guard have you play there, but at the same time, you kind of saw, I mean, obviously you saw that Clay Thompson, I get it that Clay Thompson is there. But at the same time, it. but at the same time, he struggled a lot at the at the beginning of the regular season. He did struggle a lot, and Demar Derozan didn't really have those struggles. And I think he should have been rewarded. I'm not saying that Clay shouldn't have made it by any means, but I think he should have been rewarded. But then again, I do understand why he's not there because it's a Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, Demar. I don't know if Demar deserved to be on there. I don't think the Spurs deserve to have two All Stars. The Warriors have the best record in the I Western agree. Conference. I can. I'm fine with them having. I mean, Demar's kind of he, he he takes he hasn't been on the floor in a lot of key situations for the Spurs. The Spurs have played yeah. well without him this season. I just don't think Demar deserved to be on the All Star team and not in the Western Conference. I would take Tobias Harris, Devin Booker. Honestly, Tobias Harris is a guy who I had on the Western Conference All Stars for pretty much the whole season until this last until the last until like three weeks. The Clippers really are really spiraling. Yeah, yeah. yeah Clippers are really falling apart, and I feel like that was his saving grace. Is the fact the Clippers are playing so well, they're not playing that well anymore. His stats are too middle of the pack to get him on the team. I mean, it sucks, Tobias. I would love to have you on there, but it just it's it's tough because you look at the. You look at the Eastern Conference and you see players, you know, like Kyle Lowry and Chris Middleton making it, and you don't see, you know, your your premier players like DeMar DeRozan and stuff like that are missing it because they play in the Western Conference. Yeah, and I mean, also like Jason Tatum, dude, like that's not a good look for Jason Tatum that he couldn't make the All-Star team in the weak Eastern Conference. Like Jason Tatum should have been able to make the All-Star team easily sure. in the Eastern Conference. The fact that he can't make it, that's a lot of red flags there. All right, guys, so we had some brief uh, technical difficulties, but we are back. Brett, what else do you have to say about the All-Star game before we move to NBA trades? Just before we move to the trades, I would like to give a shout-out to the NBA. I don't know exactly who did I think the NBA All-Star coaches, but they included as a, I guess, what, what I'm not sure what the exact wording was, but they included Dirk Nowitzki. And Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade as, you know, your special players. Uh, I think that... They're both having their victory lap. Uh, they're both some of the best NBA players that we've seen that me and you have grown up being able mm-hmm. to see. I mean, I was grateful to see anything that they've given us, and I think it's awesome that the NBA is, you know, giving them one last, like, one last game because both of them are kind of like Dirk more so than Dwayne Wade, but both of them have definitely descended from their, you know, their their peak, obviously, yeah. so I think it's awesome that they're going to be able to participate in the All-Star game. I actually disagree with you on this. I hate the move by the NBA to put him in here. Look, it's the All-Star game. It's about the All-Stars. These guys are far removed from that. That's what the Hall of Fame, I like that's it. what the last game of the season I like for. it because I don't think they're going to like have any type of... I don't think they're really going to play that much. But they still take away from the storylines and the players that are supposed yeah, to be for there sure. for the weekend. I don't like that. I mean, like, dude, I don't care about these but as guys. Far as any, old, I mean, as far as any snubs go, I don't think they're going to have any issues with No, them. I mean, they're not named on the team like yeah. that. You know what I mean? They're on there for that reason. But I just don't like it. I figure it takes away from the purpose of the game. The purpose of the game is to honor the best players in the NBA this season. And I feel like that that's not happening by naming these guys. And instead, it makes the weekend about yeah. them. And I don't like that personally. So... We'll move, though, from there, and let's talk here NBA trades. 
All right, so the, obviously we got to talk the blockbuster trade that went down yesterday between the Mavericks very and the weird Knicks trade. yesterday. Yeah, it was a very weird trade. So yesterday I remember I was I hop in the car, drive to my buddy's place. I see that Christoph Porzingis meets with the Knicks and he wants to trade. I'm like, all right, so KP wants – or he didn't say that, but it said that he wasn't happy the direction they're moving. And I was like, all right, why is KP like upset? Like y'all are about to have the worst record in the league, probably Zion or RJ Barrett. You're going to be straight, but – no, apparently he was not happy with it. He they traded him minutes after. I mean, what what was your thoughts on the trade? You like the trade? Here's my thing. I think it's uh I think it's really not a good look on the Knicks for a couple reasons. One, they didn't do their due diligence with somebody that has a lot of value. Um every every GM would probably tell you that he has a lot of value. And another thing is I think they just jumped the gun too quick. They didn't they didn't think anything through they just made a decision and got them out they dumped i will give them some credit they did dump a lot of money out mm-hmm. and they have room for two max contracts now which is all great and dandy but at the same time i feel like you really should have thought it through because uh one i think the dallas mavericks have a lot of i think they have a good bright future and you do you got picks out of it and expiring contracts that nobody really wants and DeAndre well, Jordan. And Dennis Westwood. Smith Jr. is definitely a player. Yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. is a, a yeah, player for he sure. He needs time yeah. though. But also for what the Knicks want to do, I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. is the right pickup just because yeah. like, they want to use the salary cap. So like, <coughs> we don't know specifically if they won the bet or not yet just because the Knicks ultimately, they want KD and Kyrie or Kyrie and Jimmy Butler or a combination KD of those. Or- yeah, Kawhi or something and we've like already that. seen that that Dennis Smith doesn't work with playing off balls and off ball guard. I mean, he didn't work out in da- in Dallas yeah. doing that. That's why that moved him. So I don't like the trade for that reason, and I just feel like I just feel like you didn't get as much as you could for Porzingis. Like as like we said, we don't know if it's a bad trade because I mean, if you end up with KD and Kyrie, then by all means you did fine because you offloaded all those bad salaries and kept these guys around. But then at the same time, like you know, like we really don't know. I think the Mavericks did. I think the Mavericks are the loser of the trade. Personally, I don't think that Porzingis is going. I mean, I think he can come back and be good from the injury. I don't know if he'll be that good, but also you got to think about it. Dude. The fact they're going to lose out on three first round picks that they is they owe Atlanta one, then they're going to owe the Knicks two. The fact they're going to lose it on three. Look, I know where they're probably hoping they're going to be picking from. Your first round pick doesn't mean as much, but realistically, if you look at players who are drafted in those picks, you like to think, let's say you have five picks and all five of them are outside of the top 10. You like to think that two of those five players you're going to pick are going to be rotational guys that are going to do something for your team. You know what I mean? You don't just look at them as worthless assets. So I think that might hurt the Mavs there. And I don't like how Mark Cuban is always so quick to jump out of rebuild yeah. mode. He seems like he always wants to shortcut and jump out of rebuild mode. That roster, that lineup is not going to be good enough to, wet, to win the Western Conference. I'm sorry, Mark, but that is not going to win the Western Conference for you. And you're tied in with Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract I, for two I will years. say, though, I think the key for the Mavs for them to pull the trigger on it was the fact that Kristaps Porzingis said and guaranteed that he would sign the extension. Because now they have Luka and Kristaps locked down. Uh, they can kind of grow together for a little while. Yeah, and I like once, that. I like that. Yeah, and once, Court, or once Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway's contract is up in, you know, two to three years. Yeah, then they go get some. Then they have a max contract available, and then they could possibly pull together a team that could actually compete and win a Western Conference. Yeah, but I think the Mavs, their thing here is, their thinking here at least, is to play the long, the long game. And they'll see maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe Tim Hardaway actually comes in and starts playing up to his contract. But you don't really know. It's one of those trades. It's like, it seems so outlandish. But it's one of those trades that you really don't know the full outcome of it. Or you don't know who's the winner. And you don't know if either team is a winner until it actually plays out. 
So I will, I will be willing to wait a little bit before I make a full judgment on it. But as of right now, I don't think either team truly, I think both teams kind of jumped the gun too quickly. I think it was kind of like a, Oh well, let's just get it done. I mean, like, let's just make the trade. Let's sign yeah, the contract. The Whatever. Let's, yeah. yeah, the Knicks definitely wanted to offload those guys because I mean, I have heard rumors that they can't get Katie and Kyrie. Look, I can't rule it out, but at the same time, I can't say it's going to for sure happen because I can't tell you the amount of times they're oh, we're New York, we got cap space, we can get like it just doesn't work like that. But it could potentially if they're able to get a guy like Zion. Um, they're obviously not going to resign DeAndre Jordan here. Mm-hmm. I also think the Knicks could win more games by making this trade because I think DeAndre Jordan and Dennis Smith Jr. make the team better than they were. Like you said about Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, he's a decent player, but realistically, what's your goal? To win the NBA, NBA title. You cannot win the title with your three best players being Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, That's not no. going to – yeah. And I do – well, so the Mavs uh, – the Mavs are in a weird situation where I think that they were one of the only teams that would have taken those contracts. Yeah. They did dump some contracts of their own off, and mm. they got some ones that were a little bit more heavy. Some and they just I got do ones think, that pay off. I think that are better off. For yeah, them, I think. Well, I, mean? I think they got the the Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, he is averaging about twenty points, but he's shooting thirty eight percent from the floor, yeah, which is not good. He's the only person good. they even have to take not shots. Good. Yeah, for that he team, shoots though. a lot of reckless yeah. shots. Yeah, he's not very good with his shot selection, but I do think. Uh, Playing on a team with a true facilitator like Luka Doncic will mm-hmm. actually help that a lot. Oh, absolutely. However, I do think that the Mavs' main thing with this trade is trying to keep those two, Kristaps and Doncic, keep them together. And as far as the expiring contracts on their team, like their fat, their big contracts, like yeah, Harrison Barnes, even mm-hmm. it's expiring. Yeah, Tim Hardaway, mm-hmm. all of them. Once those get dumped off. The Mavs actually have a lot of flexibility. They don't have the picks coming in that they have to mm-hmm. sign, which a lot of the times you look at and you're like, oh, that's not very good because they don't have picks. But I'll be willing to wait and see how this Mavs thing works out. I think that they might be able to pull something off in the coming years and actually become like a contender. But again, it's really like a long ball thing. Yeah, it's a long and ball I mean, situation. as you like you said, I mean, they'll have the space free up. I mean, it may not be a good time to win right now in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. but I just don't like the fact that if you're not going to be winning, you don't have those picks to take other players with. Thought it was funny though when you texted me because I tweeted out like literally, like I literally hit send on my tweet right as you texted me. The Mavs love their foreign players. I yeah, literally dude, tweeted that too. The Mavs love. They're them. literally all Euro team. I, I forgot to mention that earlier just in this yeah. conversation, but I mean, all Euro team. I wish Nowitzki was. About five years older or five years younger. Yeah. Not older. Five years, five years younger. That man can hardly move anymore. But mm. that would have been pretty cool to see like an all Euro front front. Oh, yeah. Court and back, back court. Yeah. For, I mean, well, Doggish can technically play forward. So, I mean, you I could mean, say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you also have. Would you consider JJ Barea? Yeah, he's, I know point, he's, he's point guard. He's hurt. But it, would he's you not consider, a Euro, though. I'm but pretty, pretty, sure. pretty sure he's Latino. I thought he was like Spanish. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, he might be from Spain. Yeah, actually, you may be right there. I don't even know. Yeah, they could go out and get like Raul Neto or uh, Rubio. What's, his, what's the yeah, hey. Rubio? No, what's the dude's name? Um, Tia Dosich on the Clippers. Yeah, never Tia played. Dosich, yeah, he was supposed to be sick. He didn't do anything. But yeah, I could do something like that. I want to see all ICs at the end of those. <laughs> yeah, that would, all of them. That would be crazy today to see that. But for the sake of keeping things moving, real quick here. All right, so big news kind of here with Kyrie Irving, man. I mean, Kyrie Irving's basically come out, said that he – he's basically said he doesn't owe anybody anything and that he doesn't really know what's going to happen. Personally, I think he's out of Boston. I don't think he likes what's going on there. I feel like he's being disrespected on this uh-huh. team by guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and stuff. I feel like they just don't respect it's him. It's funny because – They made the run without him. I mean, if anything, I think the cancer on the team is Gordon Hayward. I mean, like I said, I told every single Boston Celtics fan this. Every single Boston Celtics fan, they're like, oh, look what we got with Hayward and Tatum. I was like, look. 
look. I was like, you guys got a good thing there and all. But guys, what are y'all going to do when y'all lose, when Tayward comes back, takes away minutes from these guys? He's not going to be as good because the injury is coming back and these guys' production goes down. They all said, oh, you're stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How are they going to get worse? I'm like, just wait on it. Look exactly what's happened. Every single Boston fan, what's their argument? Young guys don't want to give up. Brown and Tatum have gotten worse and Hayward isn't playing well. Exactly what I told y'all. It's exactly what's going to happen here. But I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to return personally. To Kyrie Irving, this is directly addressed to Kyrie Irving. You know, if the world was flat, you wouldn't have this karma coming back around and hitting you in the back because the same thing happened with him and LeBron. The same exact situation happened to where he was the young guy in this situation. And now Kyrie Irving is dealing with the same thing that LeBron was dealing mm-hmm. with Kyrie Irving. So I think it's uh, I think it's just Kyrie getting a little bit of something that he did himself. So I think it's direct karma. I don't know whether he stays or not, but um, I will say they're playing at MSG right now. And the Knicks fans started a "We want Kyrie" chant. I'm so. not surprised. I mean, they, the team—they don't have anything to cheer for with that Just team. So. New York and Boston—they definitely don't have anything yeah. to cheer for now. They used to cheer for, you know, Tim Hardaway and Mellow Chris back on the, the bench. Yeah, they didn't have anything to cheer for there. So, no, I mean, I definitely think he could be on the move. Kyrie is interesting though to see what he does. I mean. I've thought about this. Obviously, this probably didn't happen. But wouldn't it be funny if LeBron and Kyrie said, hey, look, like, like, there's no way that we're going to win the East or that we can beat the Warriors. Let's disband. Let's go weaken the Celtics. Then let's go meet up out in L.A., bring in another superstar, and let's win the championship there. I mean, Kevin Love kind of been injured. I mean, Kevin Love was never the player there that he was when he was in Minnesota. So that'd be a funny angle for them to take there, too. The other thing I want to say here, too, about all this is, I mean, man, Kyrie can really, I mean, he can, he can really change a lot of the landscape of the NBA here with what he wants to do. Him and Kevin Durant, I mean, they could go to New York. He could go out out to the uh, coast and join LeBron. I mean, Kyrie's the one who brought up the fact that he called LeBron, and Kyrie never brought that up. LeBron probably wouldn't have said anything about it. We probably oh, wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, we wouldn't have known about and it. And I think there's a reason Kyrie. why Kyrie brought it up, and then him and LeBron meant everything. I always said the one thing I, I would think change it, it about the NBA, yeah, is LeBron and Kyrie splitting up. Because I mean, I'm a LeBron fan. I don't exactly say he's one of my favorite players to watch, but I always cheer for him just because LeBron's the reason why basketball is my favorite sport. But I loved watching him and Kyrie go at it. Kyrie's the kind of player I like to watch play. I would not be mad if these guys linked up. But, I mean, and there's a lot that could happen. You know LeBron James misses that ability of Kyrie Irving's in terms of closing games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know he does. Exactly, exactly. I mean, look at his partner in crime last year during the finals. Yeah. J.R. Smith forgot <laughs> what... This complete hey, situation. J.R. Smith made the right play. He man. forgot what basketball he was. He knew for if a they second. scored right there, Steph Curry would just hit a three and they would have lost. So he tried yeah. to take. I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Last thing we're gonna talk about real quick. We'll talk real briefly here to get out of here. I know last time that we kind of had to talk about the Anthony Davis trade thing. It was sprung on us about four or five hours before we podcast. So now we've had a little more time to sit here and think about it. I've thought about it more and more. This is my take on what's going. What the Pelicans need to do. First off, Pelicans need to not make a trade right now at the trade deadline. I Look, agree. if they wait until the next time, you could say. Oh, well, their Lakers are going to lowball them. No, that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is the Celtics are going to panic and think they're losing Kyrie Irving. They're going to try to trade out those guys who don't agree with him, bring in Anthony Davis, even if they think it might be a one-year rental. Danny Ainge going to say, oh, we might be able to keep him around. I mean, they have draft. Celtics have all the trade assets. LeBron's going to say, well, I'm old, and I didn't come to L.A. just to sit here for this. LeBron's going to want the trade. I mean, I just don't see any way, really, that it doesn't happen. You know, like, I just feel I do, like- I don't, Yeah, he's definitely getting traded. I will say, though, uh, Dell Demps has pretty much been. I mean, people. I it's accurate reports. Mm-hmm. 
Close sources to him say that he has not answered his phone when the Lakers have called him, which is kind of funny in a sense. Just kind of kind of funny because L.A. is finally getting it stuck to him. And just within the last couple of hours, Anthony Davis's father came to the media with a text, and it said that he didn't want his son to play for Boston, which doesn't necessarily matter in the long run. But he pointed for Boston's main flaw was loyalty. And... Obviously, Anthony Davis and loyalty, as of right now, might not necessarily go hand in hand. But at the same time, I do, I do think he probably respects his father's wishes in a sense. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis gave him what he could. He was there long enough, six years, and I mean, he he gave him everything he had and more. They can't really be mad at him for those reasons. So I feel like that Anthony Davis hung around. I don't like I always said. There's no loyalty in business. There's no loyalty in sports. The Celtics are smart for that. They got to get in, get in, and what they do and what do what they can. I mean, at the end of the day, they traded off Pierce and Garnett, the guys who won them championships, and rebuilt the entire team based off that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again. So I can't blame them there for doing anything. But with with all right, so besides the Celtics and the Lakers, who else do I think is a player? Who could be a player? Who could Chicago. Be a Chicago. I really like Chicago as a player. Chicago has lots of just, young assets. Also, I think they're smarter not to make these trades because teams like Chicago team. I mean, New York could still be a player because when we see what these draft picks yeah, turn that's what into I was say, draft without picks. changing it, yeah. yeah, once you know, like, if, honestly, I would trade in New York Anthony Davis straight up for their draft pick if that works cap wise. Shoot, I would trade it. That's basically trading Anthony Davis straight up for you Zion. Also, with the lottery, you don't necessarily, you, you can't. Yeah. No. I would trade Anthony Davis straight up for, like, once the lottery and everything happens if I have the ability to get Zion or RJ Barrett I would trade Anthony Davis straight up for that because that guy's gonna be a top five pick he's not gonna be ready to win right off the bat so that way you can kind of to be honest have you some time probably, and take a little bit and still get more assets you with know? somebody like RJ Barrett I don't know about Zion because he has such the like the, yeah like I mean he's hyped up and with thing, someone like RJ Barrett you might be able to steal a player or a pick plus RJ Barrett for you know yeah well, you can definitely Davis. get one yeah. of those Mavs picks yeah, or one of those sure. Knicks picks in so, the future I think they're definitely going to wait it out. I think that's the smartest thing. I think Dell Demps not answering his phone to the Lakers yeah. is the key. The key in you know thinking that. Well, they have talked a little bit, but I mean that offer I think is going to be on the table at any they're point not in time. Deal him yeah, this season. Yeah, that's that'll be on the table at any point in time. I mean, I've heard people say you'd send him home. I mean, I I probably would send him home too. Honestly, to Chicago, I wouldn't want to play him. Let him get hurt. I mean, what if he tears his knee up? Then oh, Anthony that, Davis ain't worth any. Is he worth? Or what if? What if Anthony Davis comes back for the. The Pelicans in the postseason, and they and they beat the Warriors. Pelicans aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. No, but. it's a weird situation for New Orleans, and I feel for him. But at the same mm-hmm. time, they got to do something. I don't think it's smart for them to do it right now because then, as we both know, that contract plays out for a while for Anthony Davis. So they got some time to deal with him. I think it's best to kind of do your due diligence and do what the Knicks couldn't. And wait it out, see what your options are. So. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. You I mean you got you got anything else here to say, Brad, or should we get out of here? Um, I think we are good. Unfortunately, we are coming down to our last football game of the year. So Hey, we got the American Football Alliance starting up next month. I do not care. <laughs> no, I don't, tomorrow, I don't care. Hey, tomorrow, worth mentioning, uh Doug Flutie's team plays Michael Vick's team at uh, Flight Football at yeah. Trust Park. It's only thirty dollar ticket if you are interested in going to that. I would go. I know it's at 12 o'clock. I'm a big Florida State fan. That's my basketball team. My dad's a big Georgia Tech fan. They're playing each other. We've been talking smack to each other all week. So I got to go watch the game with the old man or else I would be down. 
I don't think I'm going to go, honestly. I just don't feel like paying 30 bucks for a flight game. Not yeah. my thing. But <laughs> yeah. if, hey, you, if that suits you, go for it. All right, well, let's, let's get out of here. I appreciate everybody tuning in once again. Me and Brett, we love giving it to y'all how it is. Brett, any last words for the people? Enjoy it. I think it was a good show. Uh, go Patriots. I'm, I'm all about the Rams this week, guys. Rams, <laughs> going to pull it out, shock the world, pull the upset. Um, More importantly, go Tony Romo. Yeah, go Tony Romo. Can't wait to hear him call the plays right. appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, everybody have fun. Eat lots of food. Drink lots of beer. Watch the Super Bowl. It's our last game of the year. But we'll see y'all on Monday.